and this station. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are officially headed into a three-day holiday weekend. Markets are closed on Monday for the Labor Day holiday. Having said that, we're not going to see any trade until Tuesday morning at 8.30. So how did that affect the trade of the day? And is it going to be some quiet action? What kind of reaction will we see Tuesday when we come back from this? We're going to get all the details and a lot more with Darren Fessler. Darren is with Lakefront Futures. So let's talk about heading into this holiday weekend. Kind of what are your thoughts on what was probably a quieter uh, Friday trade? Yeah, quiet trade, holiday trade. Um, you know, obviously we're not going to fire things up until uh, Monday evening at 7 p.m. We'll really get things going more heavily uh, on Tuesday. But today, again, a light volume across the board. We had some nice price action. Again, you know, people are maybe looking at today's trade. Well, did we bottom here after this week? And I, I, it, the, the very light trade, I think you got to be taken with a little bit of grain of salt here. Uh, traders not going to step in here, put large positions here on a Friday. Um, and they're going to really see what happens over this week. And I think it was much more uh, of a risk off uh, this week, given the global macro backdrop that we have seen. And, and, I, and I believe we will continue to see. Uh, we're going to enter, obviously, this new month here. We're going to have uh, you know, a lot of things start to come out here this month. We're going to have the, uh, the USDA new WASDE numbers, where I think we're going to see some yield adjustments, some production adjustments uh, from then. We're going to see, a, you know, some probably some earlier harvest than what we would normally see, given what has happened over the last month uh, across the western Corn Belt with the heat. So we're going to get some of that harvest data. When, you know, this month it, we get to the more of the uh, the seasonally bearish time frames of, of the year, where we start to turn really seasonally a lot more bullish uh, at the end of September and October. But again, I think the key thing here, uh, what we need to be thinking about from a risk manager standpoint, producers thinking about, yeah, we're going to, we're not going to have the crop here in the Western corn, but I think that's probably a, a fair assessment on the corn side. I still think there could be some pretty decent beans. Um, but at the end of the day, how much does the global macro picture weigh on the, the consumer sediment? Um, and, and really the, the global picture for commodities in general. So you, you talk about that thin trade and the, and the focus that we're going to see going forward. Early harvest, um, how is that going to affect what we see in the basis producers have been looking at? Well, I, I think we're already seeing, Susan, to be honest with you, you're already seeing that harvest push, especially if you're in southwest Nebraska. You you know that you're already seeing positive basis in, in, in some locations out there. And I, I think that if you are in the camp and, and financially can do it, you have the storage. Uh, I'm encouraging producers to store store bushels. It might be one of these things where you, you reward it on an HTA side, but you just keep that basis open. Because I think that if you, you look out – um, even the next May through August, there's going to be some slim pickings when it comes uh, in areas of Nebraska for physical corn. And, and I've equated it on social media, and I've told clients this, especially Nebraska, western Kansas, it, it's going to be a battle between cow chow and ethanol. And, and that's why I like to equate it, because you got a lot of ethanol plants in the east that uh, you get around the York area, uh, you know, Polk County, Hamilton County, you know, a lot of hail, a lot of wind, a lot of late planted stuff. Uh, a lot of ethanol production too and you get out to the western part you know the pasture grounds really burn up not 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 in good shape pasture's going to be at a premium and i think corn's going to be at a premium it's way worse than what it is in the eastern parts of nebraska and i would say to even the western parts of iowa so it's going to be an odd 
next six to nine months where there's that potential. I think it's growing by the day where you're going to see corn that's going to get railed in probably from the east to the west uh, just simply because we won't have the bushels here to probably um, you know meet our, all of our domestic needs. Now, that, that domestic demand will probably get offset by slower exports. I, I do think um, we need to see exports really hum away here from now until the year end. Uh, Brazil's coming off a very good crop. We're still not com- – we, we're in the ballpark of being competitive, but we're still one of the more expensive places in the world for corn. So we're going to need that domestic demand um, really come through. And, again, those exports really need to be humming away here from now until the year end. Do you think, though, we can get to um, focus on what's happening in our backfields and, and forget how, for the most part, everything is so good out in the eastern Corn Belt? Well, my when we seen the Pro Farmer Crop Tour, I, I thought they did an excellent job, and they they highlighted some areas that that should be highlighted and areas of concern. I mean, there was there are certainly areas that they did not cover that are going to be exceptionally good. Um, they didn't cover areas of South Dakota that north of where they were. There, it's going to be very good. But what I had seen, on, at least on the tour and, and the speaking with clients in the Eastern Corn Belt, it's the crop is good, but it's not it's not exceptionally good. And and I think given the issues in western Iowa, Nebraska, I think that East really needed to be exceptionally good to meet the USDA targets. And they're not we're not going to be at one seventy five, but it, it, it's going to be a battle here between physical grain and in certain locations around the country. Bases will remain strong. So how do you see that maybe changing up the mood of the next WASDE report? I think the September they're going to see adjustments, but I thought October is one's going to be really, really key. I think. All right, that's where the pressure is going to come. What before we uh, head? Yeah. Okay, as I say, before we head to break, I know there's been a lot of numbers dropped out there. What have you heard um, from social media perspective from the growers you're talking about? Are they questioning not only the pro farmer but what these September numbers might be? I don't think they're questioning. I think there's a, a general consensus at this point. Um, they, these yields are, are coming lower in, in corn uh, specifically. Beans maybe slightly lower, but we've had some of decent rains here You know, the last couple of weeks. We, we might be able to get that 51 on the beans. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We are talking to you from the Nebraska State Fair. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what's happening, uh, U.S. dollar, how that's affecting the trade, and the kind of the curbside discussion everybody's been talking about is these USDA reports that suddenly abruptly stopped, though we are getting nuggets of some export sales. How's that going to affect the trade as we head post-holiday? More is coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we'd like to visit with you about reaching your yield goals in 2023 with our high-performing corn hybrids and ExtendFlex soybeans. Fontenelle products are locally tested and selected because we know Nebraska. Stop and see us at Husker Harvest Days and remember to see your local Fontenelle dealer before mid-October for the best discounts. Fontenelle Hybrids, solutions you need, relationships you trust. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation with Dara Fessler with Lakefront Futures. You and I were talking during the commercial break and I kind of led 
off with it when we uh, wrapped up the first half was we are so used to timely government reports. We're used to reports that have vital information that help with trading, but we have gotten a few trickles of daily export numbers. But as for that concrete report, it just seems to have pretty much vanished and there's no word as to when it's going to come back. Yeah, I, I had heard that they might be coming back on September 15th. Now, Grant, I don't know if that's a set in stone date or a, a, a goal date that the, the USDA has. But, um, yeah, the, the new rollout, obviously, of the export re, you know sales reporting system didn't, didn't really go as planned. Um, with, with a lot of things with government, that's not too surprising. But it is what it is at this point. We are seeing some daily export sales. Uh, you know, the big thing is China and these unknowns keep stepping in, had some really nice sales on beans this week. Again, that's what we're going to have to see here um, because I do think that – I do think the bean crop is okay. Um, is it a 52-bushel crop? No. Is it sub-50? No. But – I think we probably fall between this 50 half and 51.5. It's kind of where I'm at at this point. Um, but again, these exports need to be strong. I mean, there's a lot of things coming out of Brazil where, yes, they haven't really planted yet. But the expectations of how much they will plant and, and what those production figures will be, yes, that's all up in the air. But it's something that, you know, when we get the $14 plus, uh, you know, new crop beans and we start looking out to March, it's not the fact where if corn, if, if beans go to 15 to 16, 17, whatever dollars higher from here, if that were to take place, I don't think that's the right question. What if Brazil actually has a good crop? Um, that's the question. What happens to the, the U.S. exports? Do, how much do they dry up if Brazil starts, you know, you know, let's say China believes Brazil's off to a good start. They believe they're going to have a good crop. That's the question I, I think producers should ask themselves and, and really look at the global macro backdrop uh, that is that is in play right now, uh, not just not just with the European energy crisis, but the, the Chinese real estate uh, debacle that's going on here that's going to weigh on things, I think, for quite some time. It's it's it to me, it's it's a problem for the U.S. Um, and it's it, it not just maybe this year, but longer term. So, again, we. Domestic policy, you know, driving more renewable biodiesel is going to be really helpful. But nearby, I really like producers rewarding, uh, you know, markets that you get anywhere close to fifteen dollars. This is a really good market, good opportunity to to step in here. And volatility on on these options and even reownership, if one wants to, are very very reasonable all the way out from November, January. Uh, all the way out to March, they're very, very reasonable, especially for guys wanting to hold physical bushels in the bin. So what about the, the European fertilizer production? How much is that going to be closely watched? Uh, very, it's going to be very, very closely watched here. And uh, Granted, how much of the, the high fertilizer costs get, get really drawn out over here? Uh, I, I think that it you, you, producers stepping in here looking to booking fertilizer for fall application it's high everything's going to be high your 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 seed cost is going to go higher but the fertilizer what i'm encouraging guys to do here is if you're stepping out here and you're booking fertilizer for fall application uh, i would definitely go out there and try to reward these 23 with an hta and that's not to say that these 23 is going to fall out of bed it's not saying these 23 can't go higher that's not the point the point being is 
I think you have, as a producer, should try to protect some margin if you are spending some of these anhydrous prices, fertilizer prices for the fall, because I do think they probably will be more expensive in the spring. So I, what I would want to do is just try to protect some type of margin. The last thing you want to do is book book fertilizer, not make sales, and all of a sudden something happens, global macro backdrop, and corn prices for 23 fall out of bed. Do I think that happens? No, but I still want to try to protect that margin. Well, it is kind of nice to see some uh, higher box beef prices for a Friday. Yeah, it, it, I think as we've been talking for probably the last nine months, to be honest with you, Susan, it's been one of these things where – I don't think the cattle are there. And I know we talked back in uh, February and January timeframe, and and the, the message was then is, boy, we certainly didn't get a lot of snow uh, across the western parts of Nebraska. Boy, ho- ho- hopefully we get a lot of rain this summer, and that did not materialize. Now the pastures are a big concern, and I think the, a lot of cattle – already has been pushed pushed forward. I think some cattle is going to continue to get pushed forward. That whole backdrop and that whole numbers game, again, it comes back to the sheer numbers of cattle, and I don't think they're there. I'm still looking for higher prices, but again, how how bad does the U.S. economy get, and that's going to affect all of this beef, and not just beef, but poultry and pork. You already are seeing that at the grocery store, but still bullish cattle here. All right, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, they can reach me directly, text me, call me anytime, 312-858-3668. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, folks, markets are closed on Monday. They will reopen 8.30 Tuesday morning. Commodity futures involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.